Hello, and welcome to the Keys to Spiritual Fulfillment podcast, where we will identify and explore ways that we can become the best humans we can be, compassionate, wise, loving, confident, and courageous. I'm Reverend Dr. Arvid Strabi. I'm your host, and I've been helping people grow spiritually for more than 40 years. I've been a congregational leader, a trained spiritual companion, and a meditation coach. I've also been a lifetime student of spiritual practices and traditions. And today, I would like to talk about the biggest thing we can talk about, which is God. God. You know, whatever our beliefs, we all have ideas about the ground of being, about the ultimate reality. So let me tell you about my grandmother. Maybe your grandma was like my grandma. She was the one who actually thought I should become a minister, and I did, although I'm not sure that she would have approved of the tradition that I chose to minister in. See, my grandmother knew, she she thought she knew, exactly who God was. God was described in the Bible and from evangelical pulpits. And that God was a stern and judgmental father figure. That God is like, you know, a big male in the sky. And that one is watching, keeping track of all of the good and bad things that we do. I was lucky because it wasn't, I wasn't even out of my adolescence before I knew that my grandmother was wrong because my experience went against that belief. And I was finally able to give it up. And I'll tell you a story about one of the things that really helped me give it up a little later. See, my grandmother was what is called a, a fundamentalist. She couldn't imagine that there could be a theological truth that was not literal truth. She couldn't imagine that anything that was written in the Christian Bible couldn't be literally true. You know, there are many other ways of seeing the Bible. You could see it as a literary history. Science can also interpret the Christian tradition. And the best way, I think, to approach any scripture, including the Christian Bible, is to see the deeper myths and metaphors, the deeper truths that these stories are pointing to. And tens of millions of theists have gone far beyond literalism And those scriptures not only mean as much, they actually mean more. So if grandma was wrong about God, what about your atheist uncle? You know, the kind of person. You know, this is the person that says, basically, the only truth is science. The only truth is science. Science has all the answers and Absolutely and unequivocally, science proves that there's no God, and anybody who believes that there is, is wrong and ignorant. You know, if you really listen to the atheist uncle, 
you may see that their view of science is a t- mid or even early 20th century view of science, a materialist view, the idea that the old, the real stuff, the real stuff of the universe is matter and only matter. It's what we can see, hear, feel, touch, measure. That's the only thing that's real. Maybe we can't now, but we will in the future. And this atheist uncle science, science in quotes, I almost would want to say, hasn't come up with, kept up with brain research, hasn't kept up with particle physics and quantum physics and string theory, hasn't kept up with the latest views and theories about cosmology. If you think about it, this view of God that the atheist uncle rejects is actually the mirror image, the opposite of my grandmother's. You know, they would say, well, evolution proves that the world wasn't made by an outside being in six days. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Evolution proves that God didn't make the first couple, that the first couple, the human beings evolved. But you see the similarity here. The only truth is literal truth. But here, the literal truth isn't based on scripture, but on science, in quotes. Your atheist uncle is a fundamentalist. We've had a spate of books recently by some atheist uncles who call themselves the new atheists. Uh, critics call them the four horsemen of the atheist apocalypse. We're talking about, you know, Sam Harris's books, Richard Dawkins, Daniel Dennett, and Christopher Hitchens, the ho- four horsemen of the, uh, of, the apo- of the atheist apocalypse. <clears throat> they say, quite bluntly, that religion is a mass insanity that causes almost all human problems and that the human race needs to leave it behind. There is nothing new about the new atheists. Most of their arguments have been made at least since the turn of the 20th century. Now, there's one thing that I agree on uh, with the new atheists on. I agree very much with them on this. And that is, nothing is true simply because some religious authority claims it to be true. Nothing is true simply because some authority claim it to be true. I believe that too. I also believe that there is no proposition that is beyond argument. But the problem is that the new atheists have a sophomore understanding of religion, an extremely simplistic understanding of religion. They don't understand the research that's been done, for instance, about faith development, where as people mature, they can go from being quite literal in their religious beliefs to being quite sophisticated and universal in religious beliefs, far from literal. 
more toward enlightened. They don't also understand how sophisticated theology has become. They act as if it's been proven also that consciousness resigns physically in the brain. Now, there's no doubt that consciousness is mediated through the brain and the nervous system in the body. But it hasn't been proven at all that consciousness exists only in the brain. Most of the great contemplative religious traditions, especially Buddhism, would claim that that's not true. And, and cognitive scientists call this the hard problem. It has not been proven one way or another from the scientific point of view whether consciousness is only in the brain. But you know, a new atheist can be every bit as zealous as grandmother's fundamentalist preachers. Everything's settled for them. They're closed off to new information. So <clears throat> where does that leave us? So if we reject my grandmother's God, and if we reject your uncle's God, what's left? My late colleague, Forrest Church, uh, used to tell people when they said that they didn't believe in God, he would ask them a question. He would say, well, tell me about the God that you don't believe in. And people would often answer, well, I don't believe there's a separate intelligent being in the universe that judges us, that makes everything happen. And Forrest would say, well, I don't believe in that God either. There are other ways to see ultimate reality. And here's a good quote from him. God is not God's name. God is our name for that which is greater than all, yet present in each. You know, a lot of people claim to be atheists who, strictly speaking, aren't. They're agnostics. All right, They don't believe in a personal God. So they think that they describe themselves as atheists. But strictly speaking, atheists are absolutely sure that there's nothing beyond um, so the great scientist Thomas Huxley, he def coined a new word called agnostic. The word agnostic simply means don't know. Don't know. It isn't that. Really, it, it means can't know <laughs> sometimes. I saw a great bumper sticker, and it said, militant agnostic. I don't know, and you don't either. <laughs> I love that. Forest Church said, I say to my congregants, if you believe in God, the best thing you can do for yourself is to suspend your belief for a while because undoubtedly your God is too small and you must grow beyond that God. On the other hand, if you don't believe in God, your very disbelief is a stumbling block. Kick it away and place your faith in something more ennobling than disbelief. Take a flyer. Expand your purview. Take a leap of faith. 
in the Lakota way, ultimate reality is uh, called the great mystery, Wakantanka. I think that's a humbler way to look at it. We can't know this great mystery, which is part of all and in each, but we certainly experience it time and time again. And we can also more and more be aware and live into that experience of that which is within us and beyond us. So how did I let go of my grandmother's God? I was uh, on Cape Cod. I had a job as a camp counselor for uh, young people. And I was writing a letter sitting in on a hillside chapel overlooking a lake. And the sun was setting. As I looked out at the setting sun, I just disappeared. There was no Arvid anymore. There was just everything. There was just everything, and it was unbelievably beautiful. And then I knew, I knew. I still don't have the exact words to explain what I experienced, but I think probably a lot of you can relate this sense of being one with everything of seeing the love that permeates all, that seeing our deepest identity. Beyond time, beyond space, beyond any definition. So what do I believe? I believe as little as possible about God, really. <laughs> I assert less and less about God. I agree with James Fowler, the researcher on faith development, that belief is sometimes the opposite of faith. Belief is just an idol, <laughs> something that we construct and call it the ultimate. I think faith might be letting go of the need to know by concepts and ideas. I think faith is trusting and, and being open to discovery. The great theologian Paul Tillich defined God as the ground of being. My experience and that of countless other contemplatives throughout the, the ages leads me to believe that an experience of the divine has to do with, with connection and intimacy. I feel that intimacy when I can let my guard down and be my deepest self without fear. When I merge with the ocean or, or with the sunrise, I feel that intimacy when the barrier between me and what I mistakenly think of as not me breaks down. And I see that I'm one with it, all of it. I feel that intimacy when fear leaves me and I can trust my life and existence at a deep level. This is what I think. The world was not created in six days. The world, the world 
is lived into existence in every moment, in every split second. Each moment is a coming into and re- is a coming from and returning to God. Each moment is creation, the first moment of creation. I breathe the infinite in every breath if I look deep enough, and I belong. I belong. So if you don't like the word God, there's another word you could use. It's actually suggested in the Christian New Testament. God is love. The universe is about love, about birth, about merging, about connection, about mutual exchange. As the late Unitarian Universalist minister Waldemar Argo said, we are the children of one great love united in one eternal family. This has been Keys to Spiritual Fulfillment podcast with Reverend Dr. Arvid Straubi. Let me respectfully remind you that life and death are of ultimate concern. Time passes swiftly by, and opportunity is lost. Wake up. Wake up. Do not squander your precious life. Till later.